no one remembered poor Eeyore's birthday, and Pooh Bear and Piglet are determined to do something about it. A.A. A. Milne, today on the Classic Tales Podcast. Welcome to the Classic Tales Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are proudly supported by our listeners. Many, many thanks to our financial supporters who pitch in every month to keep us afloat. If you enjoy the show, please sign up to be a supporter for as little as $5 a month. We'll give you a coupon code every month as a thank you. Everybody wins. Go to ClassicTalesAudiobooks.com and become a financial supporter today. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. In today's story, we discover one of the great things about Winnie the Pooh, Eeyore. Eeyore has depression, it's quite clear. But he is never shamed or left out or shunned because of it. He's never told he's broken or deficient. His friends just pitch in and do what they can to make his life a little better. They don't expect him to act any certain way after they help him either. He's one of them, period. The way Eeyore is depicted clearly shows that Milne knew what he was talking about and is a magnificent way for those suffering with depression to be represented. If you know someone who really loves this book, or Eeyore in particular, there's probably a lot more going on there. Please tread lightly. And now, Winnie the Pooh, Part 3 of 4, by A. A. Milne. Chapter 6, in which Eeyore has a birthday and gets two presents. Eeyore, the old grey donkey, stood by the side of the stream and looked at himself in the water. Pathetic, he said. That's what it is, pathetic. He turned and walked slowly down the stream for twenty yards, splashed across it, and walked slowly back on the other side. Then he looked at himself in the water again. As I thought he said. No better from this side. But nobody minds. Nobody cares. Pathetic, that's what it is. There was a crackling noise in the bracken behind him, and out came Pooh. Good morning, Eeyore, said Pooh. Good morning, Pooh Bear, said Eeyore gloomily. If it is a good morning, he said, which I doubt, said he. Why, what's the matter? Nothing, Pooh Bear, nothing. We can't all, and some of us don't. That's all there is to it. Can't all what? said Pooh, rubbing his nose. Gaiety, song and dance. Here we go round the mulberry bush. Oh, said Pooh. He thought for a long time, 
and then asked, What mulberry bush is that? Bonhomme, went on Eeyore gloomily. French word, meaning bonhomme, he explained. I'm not complaining, but there it is. Pooh sat down on a large stone and tried to think this out. It sounded to him like a riddle, and he was never much good at riddles, being a bear of very little brain. So he sang Cottleston Pie instead. Cottleston, Cottleston, Cottleston Pie. A fly can't bird, but a bird can fly. Ask me a riddle and I reply, Cottleston, Cottleston, Cottleston Pie. That was the first verse. When he had finished it, Eeyore didn't actually say that he didn't like it, so Pooh very kindly sang the second verse to him. Cottleston, Cottleston, Cottleston Pie. A fish can't whistle, and neither can I. Ask me a riddle and I reply, Cottleston, Cottleston, Cottleston Pie. Eeyore still said nothing at all, so Pooh hummed the third verse quietly to himself. Cottleston, Cottleston, Cottleston Pie. Why does a chicken, I don't know why, ask me a riddle and I reply, Cottleston, Cottleston, Cottleston Pie. That's right, said Eeyore. Sing, um tiddly umty too. Here we go gathering nuts and may. Enjoy yourself. I am, said Pooh. Some can, said Eeyore. Why, what's the matter? Is anything the matter? You seem so sad, Eeyore. Sad? Why should I be sad? It's my birthday. The happiest day of the year. Your birthday? said Pooh in great surprise. Of course it is. Can't you see? Look at all the presents I've had. He waved a foot from side to side. Look at the birthday cake, candles and pink sugar. Pooh looked, first to the right and then to the left. Presents? said Pooh. Birthday cake? said Pooh. Where? Can't you see them? No, said Pooh. Neither can I, said Eeyore. Joke, he explained. Ha, ha. Pooh scratched his head, being a little puzzled by all this. But is it really your birthday? he asked. It is. Oh, well, many happy returns of the day, Eeyore. And many happy returns to you, Pooh Bear. But it isn't my birthday. No, it's mine. But you said many happy returns. Well, why not? You don't always want to be miserable on my birthday, do you? Oh, I see, said Pooh. It's bad enough, said Eeyore, almost breaking down. Being miserable myself, what with no presents and no cake and no candles, and no proper notice taken of me at all. But if everybody else is going to be miserable too... This was too much for Pooh. Stay there, he called to Eeyore, as he turned and hurried back home as quick as he could, for he felt that he must get poor Eeyore a present of some sort at once, and he could always think of a proper one afterwards. Outside his house he found Piglet, jumping up and down trying to reach the knocker. Hello, Piglet, he said. Hello, Pooh, said Piglet. 
what are you trying to do? I was trying to reach the knocker, said Piglet. I just came round. Let me do it for you, said Pooh kindly. So he reached up and knocked at the door. I have just seen Eeyore is in a very sad condition, because it's his birthday, and nobody has taken any notice of it, and he's very gloomy, you know what Eeyore is. And there he was, and what a long time whoever lives here is answering this door. And he knocked again. But Pooh, said Piglet, it's your own house. Oh, said Pooh, so it is, he said. Well, let's go in. So in they went. The first thing Pooh did was to go to the cupboard to see if he had quite a small jar of honey left, and he had, so he took it down. I'm giving this to Eeyore, he explained, as a present. What are you going to give? Couldn't I give it too? said Piglet. From both of us? No, said Pooh. That would not be a good plan. All right, then, I'll give him a balloon. I've got one left from my party. I'll go and get it now, shall I? That Piglet is a very good idea. It's just what Eeyore wants to cheer him up. Nobody can be uncheered with the balloon. So off Piglet trotted, and in the other direction went Pooh with his jar of honey. It was a warm day, and he had a long way to go. He hadn't gone more than halfway when a sort of funny feeling began to creep all over him. It began at the tip of his nose and trickled all through him and out at the soles of his feet. It was just as if somebody inside him was saying, Now then, Pooh, time for a little something. Dear, dear, said Pooh, I didn't know it was as late as that. So he sat down and took the top off his jar of honey. Luckily I brought this with me, he thought. Many a bear going out on a warm day like this would never have thought of bringing a little something with him. And he began to eat. Now let me see, he thought, as he took his last lick of the inside of the jar. Where was I going? Oh, yes, Eeyore. He got up, slowly. And then suddenly he remembered. He had eaten Eeyore's birthday present. Bother, said Pooh. What shall I do? I must give him something. For a little while he couldn't think of anything. Then he thought, Well, it's a very nice pot, even if there's no honey in it. And if I washed it clean and got somebody to write a happy birthday on it, Eeyore could keep things in it, which might be useful. So as he was just passing the hundred-acre wood, he went inside to call on Owl, who lived there. "'Good morning, Owl,' he said. "'Good morning, Pooh,' said Owl. "'Many happy returns of Eeyore's birthday,' said Pooh. "'Oh, is that what it is? "'What are you giving him, Owl? "'What are you giving him, Pooh?' "'I'm giving him a useful pot to keep things in, "'and I wanted to ask you, is this it?' said Owl, taking it out of Pooh's paw. "'Yes, and I wanted to ask you—' "'Somebody has been keeping honey in it,' said Owl. "'You can keep anything in it,' said Pooh earnestly. "'It's very useful like that, and I wanted to ask you—' "'You ought to write a happy birthday on it.' "'That was what I wanted to ask you,' said Pooh, "'because my spelling is wobbly. "'It's good spelling, 
but it wobbles, and the letters get in the wrong places. Would you write a happy birthday on it for me? It's a nice part, said Owl, looking at it all round. Couldn't I give it to, from both of us? No, said Pooh. That would not be a good plan. Now I'll just wash it first, and then you can write on it. Well, he washed the pot out and dried it, while Owl licked the end of his pencil, and wondered how to spell birthday. Can you read, Pooh? he asked, a little anxiously. There's a notice about knocking and ringing outside my door, which Christopher Robin wrote. Could you read it? Christopher Robin told me what it said, and then I could. Well, I'll tell you what this says, and then you'll be able to. So Owl wrote, and this is what he wrote. Hippy Papi Bithwudwa Thut Thuda Batuthi. Pooh looked on admiringly. I'm just saying a happy birthday, said Owl carelessly. It's a nice long one, said Pooh, very much impressed by it. Well, actually, of course, I'm saying a very happy birthday with love from Pooh. Naturally, it takes a good deal of pencil to say a long thing like that. Oh, I see, said Pooh. While all this was happening, Piglet had gone back to his own house to get Eeyore's balloon. He held it very tightly against himself, so that it shouldn't blow away, and he ran as fast as he could so as to get to Eeyore before Pooh did, for he thought that he would like to be the first one to give a present, just as if he had thought of it without being told by anybody and running along, and thinking how pleased Eeyore would be, he didn't look where he was going, and suddenly he put his foot in a rabbit hole and fell down flat on his face. Bang! Piglet lay there, wondering what had happened. At first he thought that the whole world had blown up, and then he thought that perhaps only the forest part of it had, and then he thought that perhaps only he had, and he was now alone in the moon or somewhere would never see Christopher Robin or Pooh or Eeyore again. And then he thought, Well, even if I'm in the moon, I needn't be face downwards all the time. So he got cautiously up and looked about him. He was still in the forest. Well, that's funny, he thought. I wonder what that bang was. I couldn't have made such a noise just falling down. And where's my balloon? And what's that small piece of damp rag doing? It was the balloon. Oh, dear, said Piglet. Oh, dear, oh, dearie, dearie, dear. Well, it's too late now. I can't go back, and I haven't another balloon, and perhaps Eeyore doesn't like balloons so very much. So he trotted on, rather sadly now, and down he came to the side of the stream where Eeyore was, and called out to him. Good morning, Eeyore, shouted Piglet. Good morning, little Piglet said Eeyore. If it is a good morning, he said, which I doubt, said he. Not that it matters, he said. Many happy returns of the day, said Piglet, having now got closer. Eeyore stopped looking at himself in the stream and turned to stare at Piglet. Just say that again, he said. Many hap- Wait a moment. Balancing on three legs, he began to bring his fourth leg very cautiously up to his ear. I did this yesterday, he explained, 
as he fell down for the third time. It's quite easy. It's so as I can hear better. There, that's done it. Now then, what were you saying? He pushed his ear forward with his hoof. Many happy returns of the day, said Piglet again. Meaning me? Of course, you're. My birthday? Yes, me. Having a real birthday? Yes, you're, and I've brought you a present. Eeyore took down his right hoof from his right ear, turned round, and with great difficulty put up his left hoof. I must have that in the other ear, he said. Now then. A present, said Piglet very loudly. Meaning me again. Yes. My birthday, still? Of course, Eeyore. Me going on having a real birthday? Yes, Eeyore, and I've brought you a balloon. Balloon? said Eeyore. You did say balloon. One of those big coloured things you blow up. Gaiety, song and dance. Here we are and there we are. Yes, but I'm afraid. I'm very sorry, Eeyore. But when I was running along to bring it to you, I fell down. Dear, dear, how unlucky. You ran too fast, I expect. You didn't hurt yourself, little piglet. No, I... I oh, Eeyore... I burst the balloon. There was a very long silence. My balloon, said Eeyore at last. Piglet nodded. My birthday balloon? Yes, Eeyore, said Piglet, sniffing a little. Here it is, with, with many happy returns of the day. And he gave Eeyore the small piece of damp rag. Is this it? said Eeyore, a little surprised. Piglet nodded. My present? Piglet nodded again. The balloon? Yes. Thank you, Piglet, said Eeyore. You don't mind my asking, he went on. But what colour was this balloon when it, when it was a balloon? Red. I just wondered. Red he murmured to himself. My favourite colour. How big was it? About as big as me. I just wondered. About as big as Piglet, he said to himself sadly. My favourite size. Well, well. Piglet felt very miserable and didn't know what to say. He was still opening his mouth to begin something and then deciding that it wasn't any good saying that when he heard a shout from the other side of the river, and there was Pooh. Many happy returns of the day, called out Pooh, forgetting that he had said it already. Thank you, Pooh, I'm having them, said Eeyore gloomily. I've brought you a little present, said Pooh excitedly. I've had it, said Eeyore. Pooh had now splashed across the stream to Eeyore, and Piglet was sitting a little way off, his head in his paws, snuffling to himself. It's a useful pot, said Pooh. Here it is, and it's got a very happy birthday with love from Pooh written on it. That's what all that writing is. And it's for putting things in there. When Eeyore saw the pot, he became quite excited. Why, he said, 
I believe my balloon will just go into that pot. Oh, no, Eeyore, said Pooh. Balloons are much too big to go into pots. What you do with a balloon is you hold the balloon. Not mine, said Eeyore proudly. Look, Piglet. And as Piglet looked sorrowfully round, Eeyore picked the balloon up with his teeth and placed it carefully in the pot, picked it out and put it on the ground, and then picked it up again and put it carefully back. So it does, said Pooh. It goes in. So it does, said Piglet. And it comes out. Doesn't it, said Eeyore. It goes in and out like anything. I'm very glad, said Pooh happily, that I thought of giving you a useful pot to put things in. I'm very glad, said Piglet happily, that I thought of giving you something to put in a useful pot. But Eeyore wasn't listening. He was taking the balloon out and putting it back again, as happy as could be. And I didn't give him anything? asked Christopher Robin sadly. Of course you did, I said. You gave him, don't you remember? A little, um, a little... I gave him a box of paints to paint things with. That was it. Why didn't I give it to him in the morning? He was so busy getting his party ready for him. He had a cake with icing on the top, and three candles, and his name in pink sugar, and... Yes, I remember, said Christopher Robin. Chapter 7 in which Kanga and Baby Roo come to the forest, and Piglet has a bath. Nobody seemed to know where they came from, but there they were in the forest, Kanga and Baby Roo. When Pooh asked Christopher Robin, How did they come here? Christopher Robin said, In the usual way, if you know what I mean, Pooh. And Pooh, who didn't, said, Oh! Then he nodded his head twice and said, In the usual way, ah! Then he went to call upon his friend Piglet to see what he thought about it. And at Piglet's house he found Rabbit. So they all talked about it together. What I don't like about it is this, said Rabbit. Here are we, you, Pooh, and you, Piglet, and me, and suddenly, and Eeyore, said Pooh. And Eeyore, and then suddenly, and Owl, said Pooh, and Owl, and then all of a sudden, oh, and Eeyore, said Pooh, I was forgetting him. Here we are, said Rabbit, very slowly and carefully, all or us. And then suddenly, we wake up one morning, and what do we find? We find a strange animal among us, an animal of whom we have never even heard before. An animal who carries her family about with her in her pocket. Suppose I carried my family about with me in my pocket. How many pockets should I want? Sixteen, said Piglet. Seventeen, isn't it? said Rabbit. And one more for a handkerchief, that's eighteen. Eighteen pockets in one suit? I haven't time. There was a long and thoughtful silence. And then Pooh, who had been frowning very hard for some minutes, said, I make it fifteen. What? said Rabbit. Fifteen. Fifteen what? Your family. What about them? 
Pooh rubbed his nose and said that he thought Rabbit had been talking about his family. Didn't I? said Rabbit carelessly. Yes, you said, never mind, Pooh, said Piglet impatiently. The question is, what are we to do about Kanga? Oh, I see, said Pooh. The best way, said Rabbit, would be this. The best way would be to steal Baby Roo and hide him. And then when Kanga says, where's Baby Roo, we say, aha. Aha, said Pooh, practicing. Aha, aha, of course, he went on. We could say, aha, even if we hadn't stolen Baby Roo. Pooh, said Rabbit kindly. You haven't any brain. I know, said Pooh humbly. We say aha so that Kanga knows that we know where Baby Roo is. Aha means we'll tell you where Baby Roo is if you promise to go away from the forest and never come back. Now don't talk while I think. Pooh went into a corner and tried saying aha in that sort of voice. Sometimes it seemed to him that it did mean what Rabbit said, and sometimes it seemed to him that it didn't. I suppose it's just practice, he thought. I wonder if Kanga will have to practice too, so as to understand it. There's just one thing, said Piglet, fidgeting a bit. I was talking to Christopher Robin, and he said that a Kanga was generally regarded as one of the fiercer animals— I am not frightened of fierce animals in the ordinary way, but it is well known that if one of the fiercer animals is deprived of its young, it becomes as fierce as two of the fiercer animals, in which case, aha, is perhaps a foolish thing to say. Piglet, said Rabbit, taking out a pencil and licking the end of it, you haven't any pluck. It is hard to be brave, said Piglet, sniffing slightly. When you're only a very small animal. Rabbit, who had begun to write very busily, looked up and said, It is because you are a very small animal that you will be useful in the adventure before us. Piglet was so excited at the idea of being useful that he forgot to be frightened any more, and when Rabbit went on to say that kangas were only fierce during the winter months, being at other times of an affectionate disposition, he could hardly sit still. He was so eager to begin being useful at once. What about me? said Pooh sadly. I suppose I shan't be useful. Never mind, Pooh, said Piglet comfortingly. Another time, perhaps. Without Pooh, said Rabbit solemnly as he sharpened his pencil, the adventure would be impossible. Oh, said Piglet and tried not to look disappointed. But Pooh went into the corner of the room and said proudly to himself, Impossible without me? That sort of bear. Now listen, all of you, said Rabbit, when he had finished writing, and Pooh and Piglet sat listening very eagerly with their mouths open. This was what Rabbit read out. Plan to capture Baby Roo. One. General Remarks. Kanga runs faster than any of us, even me. Two. More, general remarks. Kanga never takes her eye off Baby Roo, except when he's safely buttoned up in her pocket. Three. Therefore. 
If we are to capture Baby Rule, we must get a long start, because Kanga runs faster than any of us, even me. C1. 4. A thought. If Rule had jumped out of Kanga's pocket and Piglet had jumped in, Kanga wouldn't know the difference, because Piglet is a very small animal. 5. Like Rule. 6. But Kanga would have to be looking the other way first, so as not to see Piglet jumping in. 7. C2. 8. Another thought. But if Pooh was talking to her very excitedly, she might look the other way for a moment. 9. And then I could run away with Rue. 10. Quickly. 11. And Kanga wouldn't discover the difference until afterwards. Well, Rabbit read this out proudly, and for a little while after he had read it, nobody said anything. And then Piglet who had been opening and shutting his mouth without making any noise, managed to say very huskily, And afterwards? How do you mean? When Kanga does discover the difference? Then we all say, Aha! All three of us? Yes. Oh, why, what's the trouble, Piglet? Nothing, said Piglet. As long as we all three say it, as long as we all three say it, said Piglet, I don't mind, he said. But I shouldn't care to say aha by myself. It wouldn't sound nearly so well. By the way, he said, you aren't quite sure about what you said about the winter months? The winter months? Yes, only being fierce in the winter months. Oh, yes, yes, that's all right. Well, Pooh, you'll see what you have to do. No, said Pooh Bear. Not yet, he said. What do I do? Well, you just have to talk very hard to Kanga, so as she doesn't notice anything. Oh, what about anything you like? You mean like telling her a little bit of poetry or something? That's it, said Rabbit. Splendid. Now come along. So they all went out to look for Kanga. Kanga and Roo were spending a quiet afternoon in the sandy part of the forest. Baby Roo was practising very small jumps in the sand, and falling down mouse holes and climbing out of them, and Kanga was fidgeting about and saying, Just one more jump, dear, and then we must go home. And at that moment, who should come stumping up the hill but Pooh? Good afternoon, Kanga. Good afternoon, Pooh. Look at me jumping, squeaked Roo, and fell into another mouse hole. Hello, Roo, my little fellow. We were just going home, said Kanga. Good afternoon, Rabbit. Good afternoon, Piglet. Rabbit and Piglet, who had now come up from the other side of the hill, said, Good afternoon, and hello, Roo. And Roo asked them to look at him jumping, so they stayed and looked. And Kanga looked too. Oh, Kanga, said Pooh, after Rabbit had winked at him twice. I don't know if you are interested in poetry at all. Hardly at all, said Kanga. Oh, said Pooh. Roo, dear, just one more jump and then we must go home. There was a short silence while Roo fell down another mouse hole. Go on, said Rabbit in a loud whisper behind his paw. Talking of poetry, said Pooh, 
I made up a little piece as I was coming along. It went like this. Uh, now, let me see. Fancy, said Kanga. Now, Rudia, you'll like this piece of poetry, said Rabbit. You'll love it, said Piglet. You must listen very carefully, said Rabbit. So as not to miss any of it, said Piglet. Oh, yes, said Kanga, but she still looked at Baby Roo. How did it go, Pooh? said Rabbit. Pooh gave a little cough and began. Lines written by a bear of very little brain. On Monday, when the sun is hot, I wonder to myself a lot. Now is it true, or is it not, that what is which and which is what? On Tuesday, when it hails and snows, the feeling on me grows and grows, that hardly anybody knows if those are these or these are those. On Wednesday, when the sky is blue and I have nothing else to do, I sometimes wonder if it's true that who is what and what is who. On Thursday, when it starts to freeze and hoar-frost twinkles on the trees, how very readily one sees that these are who's. But whose are these? On Friday? Yes, it is, isn't it? said Kanga, not waiting to hear what happened on Friday. Just one more jump, Roo, dear, and then we really must be going. Rabbit gave Pooh a hurry-up sort of nudge. Talking of poetry, said Pooh quickly, have you ever noticed that tree right over there? Where? said Kanga. Now, Roo, right over there, said Pooh pointing behind Kanga's back. No, said Kanga. Now jump in, Roo, dear, and we'll go home. You ought to look at that tree right over there, said Rabbit. Shall I lift you in, Roo? And he picked up Roo in his paws. I can see a bird in it from here, said Pooh. Or is it a fish? You ought to see that bird from here, said Rabbit. Unless it's a fish. It isn't a fish, it's a bird, said Piglet. So it is, said Rabbit. Is it a starling or a blackbird? said Pooh. That's the whole question, said Rabbit. Is it a blackbird or a starling? And then at last, Kanga did turn her head to look. And the moment that her head was turned, Rabbit said in a loud voice, In you go, Roo! And in jumped Piglet into Kanga's pocket, and off scampered Rabbit with Roo in his paws, as fast as he could. Why, where's Rabbit? said Kanga, turning round again. Are you all right, Roo, dear? Piglet made a squeaky roo noise from the bottom of Kanga's pocket. Rabbit had to go away, said Pooh. I think he thought of something he had to do and see about suddenly. And Piglet? I think Piglet thought of something at the same time, suddenly. Well, we must be getting home, said Kanga. Goodbye, Pooh and in three large jumps she was gone. Pooh looked after her as she went. I wish I could jump like that, he thought. Some can and some can't, that's how it is. But there were moments when Piglet wished that Kanga couldn't. Often, when he had had a long walk home through the forest, he had wished that he were a bird. But now he thought jerkily to himself at the bottom of Kanga's pocket, If this is flying, 
I shall never really take to it. And as he went up in the air, he said, Ooh! And as he came down, he said, Ooh! And as he was saying, Ooh! 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 All the way to Kanga's house. Of course, as soon as Kanga unbuttoned her pocket, she saw what had happened. Just for a moment, she thought she was frightened, and then she knew she wasn't, for she felt quite sure that Christopher Robin could never let any harm happen to Rue. So she said to herself, If they are having a joke with me, I will have a joke with them. Now then, Rue dear, she said, as she took Piglet out of her pocket, Bedtime. Aha, said Piglet, as well as he could after his terrifying journey. But it wasn't a very good aha, and Kanga didn't seem to understand what it meant. Bath first, said Kanga in a cheerful voice. Aha, said Piglet again, looking round anxiously for the others. But the others weren't there. Rabbit was playing with baby Roo in his own house, and feeling more fond of him every minute, and Pooh, who had decided to be a Kanga, was still at the sandy place on the top of the forest, practising jumps. I am not at all sure, said Kanga in a thoughtful voice, that it wouldn't be a good idea to have a cold bath this evening. Would you like that, Rue dear? Piglet, who had never been really fond of baths, shuddered a long indignant shudder, and said in as brave a voice as he could, Kanga, I see that the time has come to speak plainly. Funny little Roo, said Kanga, as she got the bath water ready. I am not Roo, said Piglet loudly. I am Piglet. Yes, dear, yes, said Kanga soothingly, and imitating Piglet's voice too, so clever of him. She went on, as she took a large bar of yellow soap out of the cupboard. What will he be doing next? Can't you see? shouted Piglet. Haven't you got eyes? Look at me! I am looking, Rue, dear, said Kanga, rather severely. And you know what I told you yesterday about making faces. If you go on making faces like Piglet's, you will grow up to look like Piglet, and then think how sorry you will be. Now then, into the bath, and don't let me have to speak to you about it again. Before he knew where he was, Piglet was in the bath, and Kanga was scrubbing him firmly with a large lathery flannel. Ow! cried Piglet. Let me out! I'm Piglet! Don't open the mouth, dear, or the soap goes in, said Kanga. There. What did I tell you? You, you, you did it on purpose, spluttered Piglet as soon as he could speak again, and then accidentally had another mouthful of lathery flannel. That's right, dear. Don't say anything, said Kanga, and in another minute Piglet was out of the bath and being rubbed dry with a towel. Now, said Kanga, there's your medicine, and then bed. What medicine? said Piglet. To make you grow big and strong, dear. You don't want to grow up small and weak like Piglet, do you? Well, then. At that moment there was a knock at the door. Come in, said Kanga, and in came Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin! Christopher Robin! cried Piglet. Tell Kanga who I am. She keeps saying I'm Rue. I'm not Rue, am I? Christopher Robin looked at him very carefully and shook his head. 
You can't be Rue, he said, because I've just seen Rue playing in Rabbit's house. Well, said Kanga, fancy that. Fancy my making a mistake like that. There you are, said Piglet. I told you so. I'm Piglet. Christopher Robin shook his head again. Oh, you're not Piglet, he said. I know Piglet well, and he's quite a different colour. Piglet began to say that this was because he had just had a bath, but then he thought that perhaps he wouldn't say that, and as he opened his mouth to say something else, Kanga slipped the medicine spoon in, and then patted him on the back and told him that it was really quite a nice taste when you got used to it. I knew it wasn't Piglet, said Kanga. I wonder who it can be. Perhaps it's some relation of Pooh's, said Christopher Robin. What about a nephew? or an uncle, or something. Kanga agreed that this was probably what it was, and said that they would have to call it by some name. I shall call it Poodle, said Christopher Robin, Henry Poodle for short. And just when it was decided, Henry Poodle wriggled out of Kanga's arms and jumped to the ground. To his great joy, Christopher Robin had left the door open. Never had Henry Pootle Piglet run so fast as he ran then, and he didn't stop running until he had got quite close to his house. But when he was a hundred yards away, he stopped running and rolled the rest of the way home, so as to get his own nice comfortable colour again. So Kanga and Roo stayed in the forest, and every Tuesday Roo spent the day with his great friend Rabbit, and every Tuesday Kanga spent the day with her great friend Pooh, teaching him to jump, and every Tuesday Piglet spent the day with his great friend Christopher Robin, so they were all happy again. Chapter 8 In which Christopher Robin leads an expedition to the North Pole One fine day, Pooh had stumped up to the top of the forest to see if his friend Christopher Robin was interested in bears at all. At breakfast that morning, a simple meal of marmalade spread lightly over a honeycomb or two, he had suddenly thought of a new song. It began like this, Sing Ho for the Life of a Bear. When he had got as far as this, he scratched his head, and thought to himself, That's a very good start for a song, but what about the second line? He tried singing, Ho! two or three times, but it didn't seem to help. Perhaps it would be better, he thought, if I sang hi for the life of a bear. So he sang it, but it wasn't. Very well then, he said, I shall sing that first line twice, and perhaps if I sing it very quickly, I shall find myself singing the third and fourth lines before I have time to think of them, and that will be a good song. Now then, Sing ho for the life of a bear. Sing ho for the life of a bear. I don't much mind if it rains or snows, cause I've got a lot of honey on my nice new nose. I don't much care if it snows or thaws, cause I've got a lot of honey on my nice clean paws. Sing ho for a bear. Sing ho for a poo. And I'll have a little something in an hour or two. He was so pleased with this song that he sang it all the way to the top of the forest. And if I go on singing it much longer, he thought, it will be time for the little something, and then the last line won't be true. 
so he turned it into a hum instead. Christopher Robin was sitting outside his door, putting on his big boots. As soon as he saw the big boots, Pooh knew that an adventure was going to happen, and he brushed the honey off his nose with the back of his paw, and spruced himself up as well as he could, so as to look ready for anything. "'Good morning, Christopher Robin,' he called out. "'Hello, Pooh Bear. I can't get this boot on. That's bad,' said Pooh. "'Do you think you could very kindly lean against me? "'Cause I keep pulling so hard that I fall over backwards.' Pooh sat down, dug his feet into the ground, and pushed hard against Christopher Robin's back. And Christopher Robin pushed hard against his, and pulled and pulled at his boot until he had got it on. And that's that, said Pooh. What do we do next? We are all going on an expedition, said Christopher Robin, as he got up and brushed himself. Thank you, Pooh. Going on an expedition, said Pooh eagerly. I don't think I've ever been on one of those. Where are we going to on this expedition? Expedition, silly old bear. It's got an X in it. Oh, said Pooh. I know. But he didn't really. We're going to discover the North Pole. Oh, said Pooh again. What is the North Pole? he asked. It's just a thing you discover, said Christopher Robin carelessly, not being quite sure himself. Oh, I see, said Pooh. Are bears any good at discovering it? Of course they are. And Rabbit and Kanga and all of you. It's an expedition. That's what an expedition means. A long line of everybody. You'd better tell the others to get ready, while I see if my gun's all right. And we must all bring provisions. Bring what? Things to eat. Oh, said Pooh happily. I thought you said provisions. I'll go and tell them and he stumped off. The first person he met was Rabbit. Hello, Rabbit, he said. Is that you? Let's pretend it isn't, said Rabbit, and see what happens. I've got a message for you. I'll give it to him. We're all going on an expedition with Christopher Robin. What is it when we're on it? A sort of boat, I think, said Pooh. Oh, that sort. Yes, and we're going to discover a pole or something. Or was it a mole? Anyhow, we're going to discover it. We are, are we? said Rabbit. Yes, and we've got to bring pro... things to eat with us, in case we want to eat them. Now I'm going down to Piglet's. Tell Kanga, will you? He left Rabbit and hurried down to Piglet's house. The Piglet was sitting on the ground at the door of his house, blowing happily at a dandelion, and wondering whether it would be this year next year, some time, or never. He had just discovered that it would be never, and was trying to remember what it was, and hoping it wasn't anything nice, when Pooh came up. Oh, Piglet, said Pooh excitedly, we're going on an expedition, all of us, with things to eat, to discover something. To discover what? said Piglet, anxiously. Oh, just something, nothing fierce. Christopher Robin didn't say anything about fierce. He just said it had an X. It isn't their necks, I mind, said Piglet earnestly. It's their teeth. But if Christopher Robin is coming, I don't mind anything. In a little while, they were already at the top of the forest, and the expedition started. First came Christopher Robin and Rabbit, 
then Piglet and Pooh, then Kanga, with Roo in her pocket, and Owl, then Eeyore. And at the end, in a long line, all Rabbit's friends and relations. I didn't ask them, explained Rabbit carelessly. They just came, they always do. They can march at the end, after Eeyore. What I say, said Eeyore, is that it's unsettling. I didn't want to come on this expo, what Pooh said. I only came to oblige, but here I am, and if I am the end of the expo, what we're talking about, then let me be the end. But if every time I want to sit down for a little rest, I have to brush away half a dozen of rabbits, smaller friends and relations first, then this isn't an expo or whatever it is at all. It's simply a confused noise, that's what I say. I see what Eeyore means, said Owl. If you ask me, well, I'm not asking anybody, said Eeyore. I'm just telling everybody. We can look for the North Pole, or we can play Here We Go Gathering Nuts and May, with the end part of an ant's nest. It's all the same to me. There was a shout from the top of the line. Come on, called Christopher Robin. Come on, called Owl. We're starting, said Rabbit. I must go. And he hurried off to the front of the expedition with Christopher Robin. All right, said Eeyore. We're going. Only don't blame me. So off they all went to discover the pole. And as they walked, they chattered to each other of this and that, all except Pooh, who was making up a song. This is the first verse, he said to Piglet, when he was ready with it. First verse of what? My song. What song? This one. Which one? Well, if you listen, Piglet, you'll hear it. How do you know I'm not listening? Pooh couldn't answer that one, so he began to sing. They all went off to discover the pole, Owl and Piglet and Rabbit and all. It's a thing you discover, as I've been told, by Owl and Piglet and Rabbit and all. Eeyore, Christopher Robin and Pooh, and Rabbit's relations all went too. And where the pole was, none of them knew. Sing hey for Owl and Rabbit and all. Hush! said Christopher Robin, turning round to Pooh. We are just coming to a dangerous place. Hush! said Pooh, turning round quickly to Piglet. Hush! said Piglet to Kanga. Hush! said Kanga to Owl, while Roo said, Hush! several times to himself very quietly. Hush! said Owl to Eeyore. Hush! said Eeyore, in a terrible voice to all Rabbit's friends and relations. And hush they said hastily to each other, all down the line, until it got to the last one of all, and the last and smallest friend in relation was so upset to find that the whole expedition was saying hush to him, that he buried himself head downwards in a crack in the ground, and stayed there for two days until the danger was over, and then went home in a great hurry, and lived quietly with his aunt ever afterwards. His name was Alexander Beetle. They had come to a stream which twisted and tumbled between high rocky banks, and Christopher Robin saw at once how dangerous it was. It's just the place, he explained, for an ambush. What sort of bush? whispered Pooh to Piglet. A gorse bush? My dear Pooh, said Owl in his superior way, 
Don't you know what an ambush is? Owl, said Piglet, looking round at him severely. Pooh's whisper was a perfectly private whisper, and there was no need. An ambush, said Owl, is a sort of surprise. So is a gorse bush sometimes, said Pooh. An ambush, as I was about to explain to Pooh, said Piglet, is a sort of surprise. If people jump out at you suddenly, that's an ambush, said Owl. It's an ambush, Pooh, when people jump at you suddenly, explained Piglet. Pooh, who now knew what an ambush was, said that a gorse bush had sprung at him suddenly one day when he fell off a tree, and he had taken six days to get all the prickles out of himself. We are not talking about gorse bushes, said Owl, a little crossly. I am, said Pooh. They were climbing very cautiously up the stream now, going from rock to rock, and after they had gone a little way, they came to a place where the banks widened out at each side, so that on each side of the water there was a level strip of grass on which they could sit down and rest. As soon as he saw this, Christopher Robin called, Halt! And they all sat down and rested. I think, said Christopher Robin, that we ought to eat all our provisions now, so that we shan't have so much to carry. Eat all our what? said Pooh. All that we've brought, said Piglet, getting to work. That's a good idea, said Pooh, and he got to work too. Have you all got something? asked Christopher Robin with his mouth full. All except me, said Eeyore, as usual. He looked round at them in his melancholy way. I suppose none of you are sitting on a thistle by any chance. I believe I am, said Pooh. Oh! He got up and looked behind him. Yes, I was, I thought so. Thank you, Pooh. Maybe you've quite finished with it. He moved across to Pooh's place and began to eat. It doesn't do them any good, you know, sitting on them, he went on as he looked up, munching. Takes all the life out of them. Remember that another time, all of you. A little consideration, a little thought for others makes all the difference. As soon as he had finished his lunch, Christopher Robin whispered to Rabbit. And Rabbit said, yes, yes, of course and they walked a little way up the stream together. I didn't want the others to hear, said Christopher Robin. Quite so, said Rabbit, looking important. It's, I wondered, it's only Rabbit, I suppose you don't know. What does the North Pole look like? Well, said Rabbit, stroking his whiskers, now you're asking me. I did know once, only I've sort of forgotten said Christopher Robin carelessly. It's a funny thing, said Rabbit, but I've sort of forgotten too, although I did know once. I suppose it's just a pole stuck in the ground? Sure to be a pole, said Rabbit, because of calling it a pole. And if it's a pole, well, I should think it would be sticking in the ground, shouldn't you? Because there'd be nowhere else to stick it. Yes, that's what I thought. The only thing, said Rabbit, is where is it sticking? That's what we're looking for, said Christopher Robin. They went back to the others. Piglet was lying on his back, sleeping peacefully. 
Rue was washing his face and paws in the stream, while Kanga explained to everybody proudly that this was the first time he had ever washed his face himself, and Owl was telling Kanga an interesting anecdote, full of long words like encyclopedia and rhododendron, to which Kanga wasn't listening. I don't hold with all this washing, grumbled Eeyore, this modern behind-the-ears nonsense. What do you think, Pooh? Well, said Pooh, I think. But we shall never know what Pooh thought, for there came a sudden squeak from Roo, a splash, and a loud cry of alarm from Kanga. So much for washing, said Eeyore. Roo's fallen in, cried Rabbit, and he and Christopher Robin came rushing down to the rescue. Look at me, swimming, squeaked Roo from the middle of his pool, and was hurried down a waterfall into the next pool. Are you all right, Roo dear? called Kanga anxiously. Yes, said Roo. Look at me swim. And down he went over the next waterfall into another pool. Everybody was doing something to help. Piglet, wide awake suddenly, was jumping up and down and making, who I say, noises. Owl was explaining that in a case of sudden and temporary immersion, the important thing was to keep the head above water. Kanga was jumping along the bank, saying, Are you sure you're all right, Roo dear? To which Roo, from whatever pool he was in at the moment, was answering, Look at me swimming! Eeyore had turned round and hung his tail over the first pool, into which Roo fell, and with his back to the accident, was grumbling quietly to himself and saying, All this washing. But catch on to my tail, little Roo, and you'll be all right and Christopher Robin and Rabbit came hurrying past Eeyore and were calling out to the others in front of them. All right, Roo, I'm coming, called Christopher Robin. Get something across the stream lower down, some of you fellows, called Rabbit. But Pooh was getting something. Two pools below Roo, he was standing with a long pole in his paws, and Kanga came up and took one end of it, and between them they held it across the lower part of the pool, and Roo, still bubbling proudly, look at me swimming, drifted up against it and climbed out. Did you see me swimming? squeaked Roo excitedly, while Kanga scolded him and rubbed him down. Pooh, did you see me swimming? That's called swimming when I was doing rabbit. Did you see what I was doing? Swimming. Hello, Piglet. I say, Piglet. What do you think I was doing? Swimming. Christopher Robin, did you see me? But Christopher Robin wasn't listening. He was looking at Pooh. Pooh? he said. Where did you find that pole? Pooh looked at the pole in his hands. I just found it, he said. I thought it ought to be useful. I just picked it up. Pooh, said Christopher Robin solemnly. The expedition is over. You have found the North Pole. Oh, said Pooh. Eeyore was sitting with his tail in the water when they all got back to him. Tell Root to be quick, somebody, he said. My tail's getting cold. I don't want to mention it, but I just mention it. I don't want to complain, but there it is. My tail's cold. Here I am, squeaked Rue. Oh, there you are. Did you see me swimming? Eeyore took his tail out of the water and swished it from side to side. As I expected, he said. Lost all feeling. Numbed it. That's what it's done. 
numbed it. Well, as long as nobody minds, I suppose it's all right. Poor old Eeyore, I'll dry it for you, said Christopher Robin, and he took out his handkerchief and rubbed it up. Thank you, Christopher Robin. You're the only one who seems to understand about tales. They don't think that's what's the matter with some of these others. They've no imagination. A tale isn't a tale to them, it's just a little bit extra at the back. Never mind, Eeyore, said Christopher Robin, rubbing his hardest. Is that better? As feeling more like a tale, perhaps. It belongs again, if you know what I mean. Hello, Eeyore, said Pooh, coming up to them with his pole. Hello, Pooh. Thank you for asking, but I shall be able to use it again in a day or two. Use what? said Pooh. What we were talking about. I wasn't talking about anything, said Pooh, looking puzzled. My mistake again. I thought you were saying how sorry you were about my tail being all numb, and could you do anything to help? No, said Pooh. That wasn't me, he said. He thought for a little, and then suggested helpfully, Perhaps it was somebody else. Well, thank him for me when you see him. Pooh looked anxiously at Christopher Robin. Pooh's found the North Pole, said Christopher Robin. Isn't that lovely? Pooh looked modestly down. Is that it? said Eeyore. Yes, said Christopher Robin. Is that what we were looking for? Yes, said Pooh. Oh, said Eeyore. Well, anyhow, it didn't rain, he said. They stuck the pole in the ground, and Christopher Robin tied a message onto it. North Pole Discovered by Pooh. Pooh found it. Then they all went home again. And I think, but I am not quite sure, that Roo had a hot bath and went straight to bed. But Pooh went back to his own house, and feeling very proud of what he had done, had a little something to revive himself. This is B.J. Harrison. I hope you've enjoyed this unabridged production of Winnie the Pooh Part 3 of 4 by A.A. A. Milne. If you have enjoyed this book, please visit our website at classictalesaudiobooks.com and become a financial supporter. For as little as $5 a month, you can get a monthly coupon code for $8 off any audiobook. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for joining me today and allowing classic literature to awaken your better self. Please join me every week, and we'll rediscover the greatest stories ever put to paper.